Welcome to The Network, a success podcast for nurse and healthcare consultants to learn the strategies and tactics to launch and grow a profitable consulting firm. And now for your host, L. Pearson. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of The Network. I'm your host, Elle, and I'm so excited to welcome you back to another episode where we help healthcare professionals interested in consulting learn the strategies to launch and grow a profitable consulting practice. In today's episode, we're talking to quality and compliance nurse consultant, Christy Hutchinson of QCC Healthcare Consultants. This episode is going to be extremely informative, so grab your pens and prepare to take notes because Christy gives some really great advice. Before we dive into today's episode, here's a word from our sponsor. Today's sponsor is the Nurse Consultant Network. If you're ready to leave the burnout behind from your current clinical role, then explore the options to monetize your clinical knowledge as a nurse or healthcare consultant. Inside of the Nurse Consultant Network's Academy, we provide you with a hub of resources from business trainings to sales and marketing courses to live monthly masterclasses to help you launch your own independent B2B healthcare consulting practice. To learn how to get started in consulting, sign up for the free webinar at www.thenurseconsultantnetwork.com backslash free webinar. And without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Today, our guest, Christy Hutchinson, started her clinical journey as an ER nurse. Christy was also the COO for a system of pediatric urgent care centers for many years, then transitioned into the vice president role of care coordination for a large system of freestanding emergency rooms and hospitals in four different states. In this role, Christy dove deeply into quality and compliance, and she also became certified in healthcare quality and risk management. In 2017, Christy decided that she could be more effective by offering her services to many different companies opposed to just one. That's when she started QCC Healthcare Consultants. Today, her clients include rural and community hospitals, doctor's offices, freestanding emergency rooms, urgent care centers, specialty pharmacies, an intraoperative monitoring company, and medical spas. Christy is actively involved in many organizations that include the North Texas Association for Healthcare Quality, Executive Healthcare Network, and the Frisco Chamber of Commerce. I am so excited for you to meet Christy Hutchinson. Hi, Christy. Welcome to the Network Podcast. How are you? I'm doing great, Elle. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be on the show today. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited to share your story with my audience today. Um, you are quite the nurse consultant, Christy. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's hard work, but it sure is rewarding. I'm having a great time. So happy to share any tips and tricks and, you know, the bumps along the way. Yes, absolutely. So for everyone who's meeting you for the first time, Christy, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do as a nurse consultant. Absolutely. So I started a company two years ago called QCC Healthcare Consultants, and uh, we're really focused on quality, compliance, and, and the operational efficiencies within a practice or a hospital. I think a lot of times when people hear I'm going to come in with compliance. They think I'm going to tell them all the things that they can't do anymore. 
and that I'm going to make them slow down. And my goal is to really keep them just as efficient as they were, if not more efficient. Mm-hmm. But now I'll have them in compliance with either their accrediting body or the laws and regulations uh, that they're bound by. It just really depends on what their environment is and what type of practice or hospital, what, what the setting is. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So it sounds like you do a lot of different things in your consulting firm. You know, but I had to calculate up the other day how long I've been in healthcare, and it's 25 years, which means I, just, you know, I started when I was two. But <laughs> um, I, I've got quite uh, the experience to lean on in, in a variety of roles and a variety of different environments. So if I can just bring all of that with my education and bring it, bring value to my clients, then that's a job well done, as far as I'm, you know, concerned about it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's very true. You know, I've found that a lot of nurses aren't very familiar with consulting. So how were you first introduced to the concept of consulting? Because you have a lot of great experience. Um, But how did you know about the opportunity to become a consultant and then to utilize, you know, your experience to really go into business for yourself? So it was by accident, not going to (laughs) lie. I left a company and it was around the holidays. And so I committed to myself. I'm just going to take some time off, going to enjoy the Christmas break with my children. I had family in town and I, you know, was pretty disgruntled with healthcare at the time. And so was maybe going to pursue some opportunities outside of healthcare, which was going to be a first for me. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, over this little break of a few weeks, I had friends and past colleagues and different people in my life who kept reaching out to me and saying, hey, while you have some time, some free time, would you mind helping me? And um, it included going out and auditing some urgent care centers and just giving some fresh perspectives on their, their operational efficiencies. I had other people who say, hey, I need some policies written, and I haven't been been able to find anybody to do that. Could you do that for me? Mm-hmm. And then uh, some Facebook messages like, hey, we're looking at, you know, converting this business model over to something different. Would you, could we pay you and have you come out? And L, within about six weeks, I was working easily 40 hours a week wow. and being paid for my time. And now I was happy again because I wasn't working, you know, for a big company and I could provide the level of service that I wanted to give. And so literally just woke up one morning and said, oh, my gosh, this this is it. This is it right here. And so, like Mm -hmm. I said, it happened by mistake, but it was definitely meant to be very supportive husband who said, yes, let's go do this. Let's make it happen. And, you know, he's able to support me financially in the background while I'm getting a new company up and running. So it's been amazing. And I think it just took that leap or that push over the cliff to go do it. But I think this is what I was meant to do all along. Absolutely. That's so empowering, especially when you, you know, you find this actual utopia that does exist, you know, because for so long in the nursing profession, they tell us, well, that nursing utopia does not exist. Yeah. Well, actuality, you can create that for yourself. So I'm empowered by your story, Christy. How much of, you know, what you're doing now as far as compliance and helping organizations with their operational workflows, how much of that were you doing in your previous job? So I was doing a lot of this same thing, but for 
one company, right? My last few jobs, I've been doing that for one company. What I get to do now is I have lots of different clients. It runs anywhere from having one client at a time to right now I probably have five. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and they're all in different areas. So my clinical background is I'm an ER nurse. And then, you know, I think once you're an ER nurse, you're always an ER nurse. And, yeah. and so I showed up to work every day with a completely different um, set of events that was going to happen. And that was one of the things I loved about ER nursing. It was never the same day twice. Mm-hmm. And my job today is very much the same. Like it is never the same day twice. Uh, every day is completely different. I'm meeting with different people. I'm doing different things. So right now, when I look at my clients today, I have medical spas which we can talk more about that if, if you're interested there. I have an intraoperative monitoring company. I have a, a large pediatric urgent care system. And so all of these clients are completely different. And I think, you know, once you have that background of nursing and in compliance and quality, it's all the same language. It's just used in these different areas of medicine. Mm-hmm. And so for me to be able to bring value to a variety of people now is a lot more rewarding than just doing it for one company. Absolutely. It is. I can relate to that. Yeah, <laughs> so it's exciting. It's very exciting. And each client does have different needs. So Chrissy, tell me about your, you know, your work with a medical spa, for example. So does that client typically reach out to you? Do you reach out to them? And what's your process like when you're working with them? So one of my recommendations for people who are wanting to go into consulting um, or or start their own business is find partners. Find people who can go out and promote your business for you without you having to be there. So I've done this with a few different companies now, uh, and it has turned out to be very fruitful. For instance, um, I have a partnership. It's, It's an informal partnership. There's nothing in writing an informal partnership with a a law firm here in town in Dallas, and they do a lot of business with med spas. So when their clients are talking to them and and they happen to mention something that's not necessarily on the legal side, but Mm -hmm. maybe more on my side of things, quality or compliance or, you know, policies and protocols, some SOPs that they need written, then the law firm will send them to me. How amazing is that, that I am not the one who's out on the ground, like having to go and find new clients. Mm -hmm. And so I've gotten several, a good handful of clients from them. And when you have somebody else who's highly regarded, when they refer to you, people trust that. Um, And and so obviously I have to do an excellent job for them because I want to keep that referral pattern. I also have a healthcare insurance, I mean, I'm sorry, a health insurance company down in Austin where they provide med mal and liability insurance mm-hmm. for their clients. And same thing, when their clients mention a quality or compliance need or they need some sort of audit done, then they'll reach out to me and refer them to me for their third-party risk manager services. Yes. So the, as a consultant, the more partnerships that you can have where people are promoting you at the grassroots level it is so powerful And that's just less time and money and resources that you have to spend doing that. Yes, yes. I agree with you 100%. And I think it's important that we, you know, think about the power of relationships. And I think you've done an outstanding job of 
participating in your chamber of commerce and various different other organizations. So how has though how have those organizations helped you and your consulting firm? Because I know you do a lot of networking and relationship building through those networks alone. Yes, um, you just have to, right? And I think that for new people, whether you're young and new or you're just new into the entrepreneur relationship side of the world, there are definitely some lessons to be learned in networking. This is not the place where you just show up and walk out an hour later and say, well, I didn't get any value out of that. I'm never going back. Networking is about relationships. And I tell people all the time, this is about you showing up on a consistent basis. It's about you showing that you're trustworthy, that you're stable, that you want to bring value to other people. There's nothing worse than a new person showing up to a group and coming in and asking for your business right away. Right? I mean, nobody's going to give you their business. So you have to bring value to other people. Um, And, you know, when I joined the Chamber of Commerce, I did it because I'm like, well, I'm a new business owner. So Mm -hmm. that's what business owners do. They join the Chamber. I honestly did not know what I was getting into, but I quickly became very involved. And you show up every week. And I noticed at about week six, people started to treat me differently. Really? they started to include me in things and I I kind of became a part of the inner group, if you will. And sitting back and analyzing, you realize so many people come in and out of those groups with zero intention of sticking around. And so it's it's kind of a vetting process. They're they're testing you and waiting to see like, Hey, are you going to, are you going to be in this for the long haul? Are you just in here for a quick sell? And so um, it's definitely a much better and fruitful relationship once you establish yourself and become a stable member of the team. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, like you said, bringing value. So um, many, many times I have multiple conversations with people without ever telling them what I do for my business. And, you know, it's asking them questions like, how can I help you? Is there somebody I can introduce you to? You know, is there a company you've been looking to get your foot in the door to? And you you help them. And lo and behold, now they're going to ask you, well, what is it that you do for your business? Mm -hmm. And tell them more about that because they want to return the favor. And so, um, you know, you you have to be very intentional about it. And sending follow up emails, you know, if ever I'm in a big group and I meet some people, I'll get business cards and follow it up with an email like, hey, it was great to meet you. Would you be interested in going to have coffee? I'd love to hear more about your business mm-hmm. and, and start to build the relationships there. Yes, I, I agree with you. You know, it's about a, a mentality shift. You know, for someone who is interested in business, they've never gone into business before. You think that, okay, how am I going to um, show up and tell everyone what I do to get leads, to get business. But when you change your mentality or make that transition to, okay, how can I serve you? That opens up so many doors. And it's so important for new consultants to learn that. You know, it's about, like you mentioned, adding value and continuing to develop that relationship authentically, which ultimately in my business as well, Christy, it's led to large sales, large contracts. So I can relate to you with that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's the name of the game. And uh, I don't look at it as a sales position at all, right? We're just out educating people. Mm-hmm. And once they find the value, that they, that your phone will ring. It will come back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
That's so true. That's very true. So Christy, I'm interested in learning more about your consulting process when you're working with a um, an organization who is in need of your solution. So if I were contacting you as a rural hospital needing some help with a compliance issue, exactly what would you do for me? For most of the hospitals, they use me as their third-party risk manager. So um, there's a program in Texas where the rural and community hospitals can be self-insured for their med mal and liability insurance. And the requirement is that you have a third-party risk manager come in to assess your facility every, like, every two to three years. So I have a set of hospitals that I go to every two to three years to each of them. And it starts off with me having a conversation, usually with the director of quality, sometimes the COO or the CNO. It just depends on who they've assigned in their organization. And in probably a month leading up to that visit, I request documents. So um, a lot of times they'll include like their medical staff bylaws, uh, their incident reporting policy, inequality reports or, um, you know, infection control reports, anything that goes up to the board level. And so I'll review all those high-level documents prior to going on site. Once I get on site, I call it a discovery analysis, right? There's nothing that's off limits. I am going to open drawers. I'm going to look in closets. Uh, I talk to staff, talk to patients, talk to, you know, physicians, talk to the CEO, and I'm trying to get a feel while I'm there of what are the big red flags. And, and you don't have a lot of time to do this. So most of my hospital visits are anywhere from one to four days, depending on the size of the hospital. And so I'm asking a lot of questions about, you know, what keeps you up at night? What are your current quality initiatives? What do you wish you were doing better? Um, and then I request a lot of documents while I'm on the ground saying, okay, well, I have a concern about, you know, pain management with patients. So pull your pain management policy for me and let me see that. Um, but it is, it is so fun and so rewarding. And I will tell you, initially, I thought people are going to be like, why am I going to listen to Christy? Like, what <laughs> makes her the authority figure? Mm-hmm. But you come in and, and it's just, you know, I view myself as just another resource to them. And they have lots of resources. And so while I'm there, I'm constantly talking to them, sharing with them what I see sharing with them what I've seen at other places. So if, they, if they're challenged by something, I can say, well, let me tell you what this other hospital did to meet the intent of that standard or to improve their process for this. And so um, it's amazing because people really have their eyes and ears open when I come on site. And, and that's, um, that's pretty special. You know, that's, I didn't think I would have that, um, I want to say a sense of power, but that sense of influence to them. And so the more I do this, the more confidence I have in my ability to share and to bring value to them. Mm-hmm. And then once I come home, I write up a written report. So everything goes back to them in writing too. And then that way they can share it with their teams or their leaders, whoever they want to share it with. But that's what a typical hospital survey looks like. Okay. Your uh, written report that you send back to them, is that a part of your discovery call um, to kind of introduce the solutions that you would recommend, or is that a part of the solution you offer? Is that written up recommendation um, list to that particular facility? 
For the hospitals, they are not engaging me to implement solutions. Mm -hmm. So what they're engaging me to do is just to identify areas of opportunities. So I will include things in my report about what I saw that was done really well or or best practices. Uh, Mm -hmm. But then I'll include, um, you know, if, if it's really something very black and white to me that they need to make a change, I'll make a recommendation, you know, recommend that you change to this type of policy or to this type of process. But I also give them resources. So here are some websites that you can go to to speak to this standard or, you know, to this process. Uh, but for them, I do not do any implementation of solutions. That's all back on them. Mm-hmm. Now, with my other clients, doctor's offices and, and different things, they can absolutely engage me to do the solutions. Um, I would say it's very dependent upon what the deficiency was. So if it's a low-hanging fruit, I would encourage them to fix it themselves because they need to have ownership of those issues. That's right. Um, Whereas if it's a big process, like right now I'm helping a company get their initial Joint Commission accreditation, Mm -hmm. and it's a foreign language to them. I mean, let's let's be honest. It's just a foreign language. And so I am doing all of the writing of new policies, the plans, and I'm helping them with, with them implementing the education to their staff. So I'm giving them the tools, but then they're the ones who are responsible for actually implementing it and getting the staff trained and educated on the different topics. Mm-hmm. So, uh, again, part of why I love my job so much, because every client's completely different. I think that's one of the benefits of being a small consulting firm is that I can customize everything, every single time, very specifically to the client. Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. You know, Chrissy, you mentioned something in the very beginning um, of your uh, discovery call. It's it's about assessing that client's needs first. And Mm -hmm. I often tell consultants that want to go into the industry, you know, if you have a medical background and you're used to walking into a patient room, the first thing you do is assess that patient. And it's really no different when you are starting out as a consultant, I assess every single client's needs before I make any recommendations. I can't provide them with any support, guidance, advice if I don't follow that initial step first. So, you know, I feel the, the nursing process and the consulting process are absolutely in alignment. Wouldn't you right. agree? I, absolutely. And look at how many calls you and I both get from vendors, people who want our business. Mm-hmm. At whether it's IT or website design or marketing, and they come in telling us what they're going to do for us. And I think, how you know nothing about my business. How How is it you already have this prescribed regimen for me, yet you know nothing about what I do? And it's really a turnoff, um, mm-hmm. as opposed to the person who walks in and says, hey, tell me about your business and let me see if there's a way I can help you. Mm-hmm. Um, so very important for consultants. And I agree. It's go in and, uh, you know, assess the lung sounds and bowel sounds and check pulses, right? That's what we're doing. Right. We're kicking the tires. <laughs> I like it. We can, write, we can write a book about this. <laughs> yes, we absolutely can. Yes, I agree with you. So, Christy, here's the question that everyone wants to know. Because when you initially started out in consulting, this was something that kind of happened by accident, like you mentioned. (laughs) 
So how did you determine your rates? Because you're working with a lot of different facilities who have all different types of needs. So did you go to a particular resource or did you just do market research to kind of identify how you would charge for your consulting services? That is probably one of the things I've struggled the most with over the two years now. And I decided very early on after talking to some mentors and, you know, people who who do different things like this is how, how do you figure out your rates? Well, the answer is I don't have a rate. So I price it by the project. Mm-hmm. So when I get an assignment um, or, or a request for a proposal, you know, I have a call with somebody and they say, well, send me, you know, how much you would charge me for this, right? So I sit down and the first thing that I do is in my contract, I have basically an exhibit. And I list out everything that I'm going to provide to them. So if I'm going to write a policy, I put on there, create a policy, and then the title, what that policy is. If I'm going to educate staff, I'll write out educate staff on XYZ. So this is a very tangible list of exactly what I'm going to provide that client. I may even say, you know, um, up to eight hours of one-on-one meetings with leadership or whatever it is. Then I take that whole project and I step back and I look at it and I go, okay, what is the value that this is bringing to the client, right? And that's where I calculate it from is the value that I am bringing to the client. So let's say, for instance, um, I've got two clients and they both need a policy on um, medication storage, Okay. Well, the first client I write that for, it's going to take me time, right? I got to sit down and I've got to write that out. And so if I'm doing it by a rate and by, you know, my time spent, it's going to be a much higher rate than the second client because the second client, I've already got it written. Now I just need to tweak it to their organization. But it, for, in, in my brain, it doesn't make sense to charge them two different fees, right? The first guy eats the cost for my initial time. So I look at it as what is the value I am bringing to them? And, you know, you, you got to calculate up my experience, my background, my education, all those things that went into it to provide them with an excellent product. So yes. It, it, it's not easy. It's challenging. And I would say in the beginning, I found myself failing to, to calculate in the extra fluff time. Like, okay, I, you know, I would kind of figure out how many hours I was going to spend on different things. But I didn't figure in the time I was going to use, like, prepare for the meetings to go sit down with them. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's something that you just learn with some time to add in a little bit of fluff there to cover all your extra time yeah. and expenses. Or, you know, sometimes I'll go put together packets and binders. And you got to make sure that you're considering all of those things. I don't nickel and dime. I don't, you know, I don't, if it's a local trip, I don't charge for travel and gas mileage and meals. Obviously, if I'm getting on an airplane in a hotel stay, all those things are included. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, you just you got to figure out where that company finds the value. Absolutely. You know, it's I commend you for moving towards the value based um, fees as a consultant, because, you know, if you think about it, if you're charging by the hour, 
the more efficient that you become in your business, it'll take you less time to put together an implementation plan or a strategy plan for an organization. So what may have taken you, you know, you know, months and months at a time when you initially started, you can narrow that down to maybe a week <laughs> worth of work. Yes. And so you want to low ball yourself. So I agree with you. I'm definitely an advocate for consultants moving towards the value-based fee model. I think that's perfect. <laughs> yes. And then always over deliver. Whatever mm -hmm. you put in your exhibit, if you will, always over deliver. And so, you know, I had a meeting earlier this morning with a client and she said, well, you know, do you want me to do that part because that wasn't included in your in your initial pro proposal? And I said, Oh no, absolutely not. I, this is an all-encompassing contract. I will I I'll take care of this, even though it wasn't in there. Because for me, it's no big deal, right? And the mm -hmm. client is like, Oh my gosh, wow, you're going to offer more than what you said in the beginning. It's and so you know, it's still it's a retail. I shouldn't say retail, but it's still a customer service based business, and mm -hmm. so. You know, I, I bust my rear end to make sure I'm providing my clients with the best possible service I can provide them. Whether, you know, that's communication, being on time to meetings, you know, being professional, using their time wisely. Uh, so all of those things are part of being a consultant. And if you can't, you know, get all those things together, you will not be successful. That's very true. I agree with you. So, Christy, for those who are interested in compliance or accreditation or even workflow management consulting where you're helping organizations prepare for uh, any major event or just to maintain compliance, how or what kind of strategies would you recommend for them to be most successful as a nurse consultant? You know, definitely get the education and the certifications that you need to support what you're saying and doing. Um, when I first started, I had several certifications. I, you know, had my nursing license. I had an MBA, but um, I immediately went and got my certification in risk management because that was, I knew that was going to be one of the fields that I was going to be concentrating in. Um, mm -hmm. And it's funny because I had some mentors, business mentors early on who said, why do you have all these letters after your name? <laughs> They were, they were making fun of me. And I said, well, you know, it, it's important when I go on site somewhere that the people I'm working with know that I have this background, that, you know, they, they can trust me with what I'm saying, that I've got accurate information. And so that's how I feel. Like, I know I've got the education and the experience, but I also want those certifications just to back me up. And where I'm challenged is that every day I see a new certification that I want to go out and get. And I have to step back from a business perspective and say, okay, does becoming certified in infection control or infection prevention, does it really bring more value to what you do? Mm -hmm. and, and so far the answer has been no. Now, one thing I shared with you earlier is that next on my list, because it's probably been two or three years since I got a certification, so next on my list, that I'll do this year is I want to get uh, my green belt and lean six Sigma. And that's all yeah. about operational efficiencies. And for mm -hmm. me, that one isn't so much about getting the certification as it is. I want to learn more about it. Um, I've always been naturally drawn to process improvement and lean processes, but now I find I'm a little bit more thirsty for that knowledge. So mm -hmm. um, I'm working through 
I just got the review book and I'm working through that right now to be able to go take my test and do a project for it. So super excited. <laughs> I'm kind of Absolutely. About that. <laughs> I'm for you. And if there's anything that you can do that will help you enhance what you bring to the table for your clients, then absolutely go for it. Um, if you can flip that into a monetization strategy in your firm, then it's absolutely worth it. You know, and I think that nurses in general tend to be lifelong learners. We're always looking at what's the next step that we can take or the little bit more information we can learn. You know, we do a lot of research on our own. So I think it's pretty natural for, for nurses to continue their education long into their career. This isn't like we go to school and get something and then we're done because <laughs> there's just so much changing in healthcare right now. you got to stay on your toes. Oh, it's very true. <laughs> a lot of changes have taken place, especially with technology. And I mean, we could go on. That could be a whole nother podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Is there a book or a resource that you would recommend to anyone who's just getting started in their consulting business, Christy? The, the internet? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. There's oh my gosh. I mean, there, okay, I, I do have a good resource. So if you're starting your own business and you're a nurse, there, there's a natural dichotomy there about running a business and being a nurse. They're two totally different things. So... Mm -hmm. Reach out to your business mentors, and a great place to find those, if, if you will um, sign up with your Chamber of Commerce, wherever your local one is, um, and you don't even have to be in that area. So if you think there's a better Chamber of Commerce across your city lines, you can go to the next one. That's no big deal. But once you're a, ch a Chamber member, then they have a resource called SCORE, S-C-O-R-E. And I forget exactly what it stands for, but it's something of retired executives. And mm -hmm. this is a free resource to you. These are um, mentors who have a passion for serving new entrepreneurs, and they will help you. They will help you with your business plan. They'll help you with your marketing plan. I mean, anything that you want to talk with them about. And I have been very lucky. I had a couple of um, mentors here in town that were amazing, and they knew nothing about the clinical world. But they were able to say, here's where you need to focus your time. You need to narrow down your business plan. You really need to develop your mission, right? And and that was um, very, very beneficial to me. And, so, and it was a free resource. So definitely look into those things. You know, I also went and did, um, I'm a certified woman-owned business. Yes. And so doing that alone mm -hmm. hooks you into a whole other set of resources. Uh, great networking opportunities in there. Uh, but look at your community. Look and see what they have to offer. ACHE, the American College of Healthcare Executives. I know Dallas-Fort Worth has an incredibly large chapter here. Very active group. And I will tell you, if you're going to get involved in a group, get involved. Don't just mm -hmm. go to meetings and sit on the sidelines. Volunteer. Go talk to the people. How can I serve? That's where you're really going to build connections um, and, you know, when you volunteer your time with them. And so I've done all of those things. And some weeks I go, okay, I don't have another minute to go spend in another group or an activity. But when I look back, those have all been so valuable to me. And the connections I have made are just tremendous. So, it, again, you will get your value out of it in the end. <laughs> oh, 
Wonderful. Wonderful. Those are all great suggestions. So Christy, I have enjoyed having you on the show. For any clinicians out there who want to stay connected with you, what's a good platform to contact you? Sure. I'm on both Facebook and LinkedIn. Um, very active on both of them. So they can look for me there. Uh, I have a business page and a personal page on both. So QCC Healthcare Consultants or Christy Hutchinson, either one. And I would welcome any connections through there. Um, you know, and I guess my last piece of advice for anybody is if you haven't stepped out of your comfort zone yet, you're not living. Just take that first step. You'll be so glad that you did. Make sure you're prepared for it, though. Don't go yeah. do something wild and crazy. <laughs> but, um, you know, just so much has come back to me through taking this out of my comfort zone step. You know, the fact now that I can be with my kids when I want to be, I can go have lunch with them when I want to, I'm an active part of their, their daily lives and they're in middle school, I think it's important to be present for them yeah. um, and to, you know, so yes, I may work till midnight some nights, but, but then again, that was because I picked that schedule. So mm -hmm. very, very rewarding and um, would highly encourage anybody who, who's thinking about doing it, just take the first step and get out of your little comfort zone. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Christy, thank you so much. I've enjoyed having you on the podcast. Have a great it's, day. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much, Al. You're welcome. Well, that's it for today's episode. I hope you found it valuable and you're one step closer to launching or growing your own profitable consulting firm. Until next time, I'll chat with you in the next episode. Take care. Hold on before you go. If you need a step-by-step -step template to start your consulting practice, check out the nurseconsultantnetwork.com. Here you can learn about our membership academy that'll provide you with a roadmap to launch your consulting practice. Go to www.thenurseconsultantnetwork.com backslash join to learn more. Thanks for listening to The Network Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you're ready to monetize your knowledge as a consultant, head over to thenurseconsultantnetwork.com and check out our free resources. Until next time.